Greetings again in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is Pastor Major H. Gilbert Sr. We're broadcasting here from On the Wall Ministries at our Bible Institute here in Alta Vista, Virginia. We thank God for you joining us again uh, on this uh, Friday evening at 6 o'clock at our time. We have our um, Bible Institute. We uh, continue to try to uh, teach the Word of God whereby we can be able to uh, grow to that place where God would desire us to be. The word of God says that my people perish because of the lack of knowledge. So we just thank God for uh, having a, a venue where we can teach and to be able to serve and to do the work that uh, you've called us to do. We uh, do shout out, I uh, see some of our uh, Piney Hill uh, people uh, logging in. We thank God for you. We're so grateful for uh, what you have done in my life and given me an opportunity to pastor one of the greatest churches on earth, Piney Hill Baptist Church in Amherst, Virginia. So we thank God for you joining us on this evening. Uh, for the past few weeks, we've been talking about the significant issues that sometimes the Holy Spirit presents when we're trying to understand and apply it in our teaching, in our uh, application, in our lives. And uh, one of the things we talked about, those four issues that we uh, identified was blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, then we talked about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. We had a lot of study on that. Uh, then being filled with the Spirit, uh, baptized with the Spirit. You had a subsequent and a uh, concurrent uh, baptism that's being taught uh, that uh, once you're being baptized by the Spirit, uh, now all of a sudden you, you have additional things that uh, happen. But uh, we teach that once you accept Jesus Christ, uh, there's a concurrent baptism of the Holy Spirit immediately once you accept him. And then he says, be filled with the Spirit. Uh, it's not a, a, a request. It's a, a command. He said, once you accept Jesus Christ, be filled with the Spirit. Allow the Word of God to minister unto you to will you be filled in every area of your life. Then last week, we talked about being gifted uh, by the Spirit, being gifted by the Spirit. Each of us are blessed with a gift whereby the Spirit will be able to minister to us and to uh, give us uh, what we need to be able to carry out the call that God has on our life. One of the things that we talked about, whenever the Holy Spirit is being spoken of, it's about edifying the church, bring the church to a higher level of understanding, higher level of power and authority in your own personal life, in the, uh, the uh, corporate life of the church, you have to have the Holy Spirit to be able to uh, uh, to operate and to do the work that God has called you to do. So uh, we talked about that, uh, baptized in the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, but now gifted in the Spirit. Last week we talked about that each of us have a gift. Some are blessed with many gifts, all of us have at least one gift. Uh, you need to be able to try to identify and use the gift to be able to edify and to uplift the kingdom of God uh, in your personal life, in your personal walk, in your call that you have on your life. That gift will be able to help you carry out the duties that God has called, ordained, and assigned you to do. Uh, uh, last week, uh, uh, we, we talked about those gifts, and sometimes we uh, understand, uh, we talked about one of the 
gifts of the Holy Spirit is to be blessed uh, with the gift of helps. And I think we said that somehow we identify with all of the prophecies and we identify with tongues, we identify with healing. Uh, we always want to be identified with the things that uh, somehow point to us instead of uh, the gift of helps. Helps point to the other individual. So who uh, has been blessed with the gift of helps. I think I identified some uh, being maybe the gifts of a hospice nurse. A hospice nurse has a, a divine gift that's been in, uh, ordained for her life or his life, and they uh, utilize that gift to be able to uplift and to serve mankind, to identify with the gifts that you would have in your life where you'll be able to uplift mankind, uplift God, identify with him and whoever uh, you desire to be. Tonight, we're going to talk about maybe one or maybe two. I hope uh, we probably won't get through, but uh, what about prophecy? What about prophecy? Uh, we, we, we look at the Old Testament and the New Testament. We don't have prophets that were in the Old Testament, men that were women that were inspired by God to be able to write the word of God uh, through the voice of God, inspired by the, the Holy Spirit to them to speak what God would have them to speak. So the gift of prophecy as we look at that tonight. But I want to open up at least with a word of prayer. Let us bow. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come. And as we come, Lord, we ask that you would just lower your dear servant down in the deep well of our salvation. Lord, help me uh, to be able to speak clearly and boldly about the things that you have laid upon my heart as we teach tonight about the gift of prophecy, whereby we'll be able to speak those things that you have given unto us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to be able to edify the church and to build up the kingdom of God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. What about prophecy? As we look at uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 13th chapter, uh, verses 8 through 12, it said, love never fails. It says that where there are prophecies, they shall cease. Where there are tongues, they shall be still. And where there is knowledge, it shall pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when we perfection comes, uh, uh, that imperfect disappears. And now we see but a poor reflection in a mirror. And then we shall see face to face. When I knew in part, then shall I know fully, even as I am known. Here is one example of prophecy, according to 1 Corinthians 13, the gift of prophecy is temporary. He says that the gift of prophecy shall cease. It's temporary, but where, uh, uh, where there are prophecies, uh, they will cease. And really, there are only two options. They will cease when the scripture is complete, or they'll be ceased when Christ comes back to restore his kingdom. We talked about in our last study, there are certain uh, groups of beliefs they call uh, sensationalists or uh, secessionalists, uh, secessionists, uh, which are, uh, they, they said it ceased at the time uh, that Christ uh, uh, had come on the scene and once the scriptures were completed, those, uh, that, that prophecy ceased, it ended. So we have scripture uh, each and every day to try to help us to understand what the Bible wants us to do. Uh, but, but, uh, but do we need prophecy? 
the Bible is complete. Do we need any additional prophecy and able to carry out the work that God has done? Everything has been identified. Everything has been explained. Everything has been covered. What we're to do as believers in Jesus Christ. See, the other option is said that it'll cease when it's come. It'll cease when it's come, and that position is more that uh, a continualism that we covered on the last time that comes, uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Basically, you have the prophecies that they will cease, that we know in part, and that when perfect is come. They're telling us that uh, the prophecies uh, will continue even at the end of Scripture when Christ comes to fulfill his coming again. So here we see that uh, we'll know in part, but that when perfect comes, that imperfect disappears. So this is a point of debate that we have some that said they are cessationists, and then we have those that say that they are uh, uh, a continual continuationists uh, that will be able to help us to try to explain more about what we're looking at. Uh, though sensationist point of view is said that when perfection comes, referring to the word, is completed. When the word of God is completed, they're saying is that all prophecy is in. So, but we have the other point of view that uh, that when Christ comes back, all prophecy will end. All prophecy has already been completed. When Christ comes back, he will fulfill that prophecy, but there is no need of any additional prophecy for us to really understand what God has in store for us. Remember we are saying the Holy Spirit is to equip us to be able to go out and do the work that God has assigned us to do. So God has called us to be able to break the bread of life. We don't have to do any prophecy in per se of predicting what will come, what will happen in the future. But what we will do is that we will break that bread of life. We will open up the scriptures and then we will be able to explain it. So here, uh, one point of view is that prophecy ended because all prophecy concerning the coming of Jesus Christ ended and was predicted before he died and went on the cross. And then John came, Revelator, he came and he talked about the coming years of the coming of Christ and Paul and other writers talked about that. But what it is, it has already been uh, 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 completed. So we're, we're talking about glorification. It's our duty to glorify Christ, but it's not our duty to prophesy additional things that will happen uh, that is not recorded in the Bible. What can we add or take away? The scripture warns us not to add or to take away anything that is in the Bible, because if we do, we, we, we will be sinning against the word of God. So how can we prophesy any more than what's in the word of God if the word of God says that we can't add or take away from that? So when we talked about spiritual gifts, we are given uh, that we should wait till God reveals this opportunity to us to be able to utilize that gift. So the gift of prophecy is temporary, but I don't believe that in 1 Corinthians there's conclusive teachings for us to prophesy that prophecy will cease when that scripture is completed. Certain things that you have to read into and, and you have to assume certain things, but you need to look into that scripture and try to get a great understanding. But So then you get to 1 Corinthians 14. If 13 did not put a period behind it, let's look at what 14 says. You have the picture of prophecy described, and I believe 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5 is saying, until Jesus come back, 
Christians desire the gift of the prophecy because the church is edified with the gift of the prophecy. So this interesting question here is, is there a gift of prophecy? Does that mean there are Isaiah's and Jeremiah's and, 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 and uh, uh, prophets of old? Are they in this dispensation today, in this current church today? I don't think so. I don't believe that's what the scripture is trying to tell us, that, that uh, just as uh, the church today, we can speak the authoritative word of God because we have the word of God in the Bible. So we don't need any additional prophecy. Only thing we need to do is open up the revelation of those uh, prophecies that has been identified. And we will be able to teach and to do all the work that God. So once God blesses us with the gift of prophecy, we are to open up those scriptures let others know what the word of God has said that will impact their life. We're not opening up any new prophecy that has not been already what identified in the word of God by uh, the, the, the inspired word of God himself. So there are three categories to really understand uh, what we are trying to teach tonight. There are three categories of prophecy. Uh, there are there's false prophecy. So much is being said in the Bible. So is prophecy going on? Yes, it's going on in this dispensation, but not the prophecy that uh, that that we are talking about of predicting what is happening uh, in 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 the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What God has already preordained. But what He says is there are will prophecies that will come during this generation, but it will be false prophets. Those false prophets that will come, uh, false prophets, Deuteronomy 13 and 18 and Jeremiah 23, they talk about false prophets. They're about speaking lies, and they say it will be a flood of lies that will come and lead people astray. Here's the false prophecy consists of what? Uh, lies involving deception and speak or misusing the word of God to be able to twist it for our own rather than using it to edify the body and uplift Christ. We use it for our own good. And there is a, no revelation in that. There is nothing uh, to be revealed uh, other than what God has already revealed in his word. And then uh, th that, that false prophecy then we have what we call this true prophecy. And what is we Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and all the other men of the Old Testament, and then the writers of the New Testament, they were men that the spirit of the sovereign Lord had inspired them to speak so that the people of God would be edified. True prophecy uh, consists of what? Inspired truth and involved direct speech based on some type of a new revelation. So what I mean by that, God is revealing his word. The prophecies are, uh, uh, the prophets are speaking his word to by divine revelation to reveal unto the people of God what they need to be able to carry out what God has ordained them to do. And in the Old Testament, uh, what prophets were doing in the New Testament, the counterpart of the Old Testament, the apostles are prophets. Old Testament, they call them prophets. In the New Testament, they were the apostles of Jesus Christ, and they are the prophets in the New Testament. Paul is a servant of Jesus Christ, called an apostle, apart, set apart from the gospel of uh, our Lord. And that's in Romans 1 and 1. Look at 1 Corinthians 2 and 13, uh, which says that, uh, that uh, this is what we speak. 
not in words taught of human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit. In order for you to be a prophet, you are speaking words that the Holy Spirit of God has inspired you to be able to speak. But you're led by the Spirit, and that leads the picture of the Spirit that we have here. Old Testament apostles, some prophets, New Testament apostles, they give Scripture the true meaning, and it is irreverent. Uh, the scripture is authoritative in every way, and, and, and the word of God, not the word of man. That's what inspired the difference between what is a prophecy and what is uh, 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 our own words that come from us. And then it's the word of God through men. It's not the word of God uh, directly from God, but it's the word of God through me and from God, and, and it's unique, and there is no other book in the world that you can hold uh, that can say that it is the total, complete word of God spoken uh, by uh, through men and, and written and recorded so that men, women, boys, and girls could have everything that is sufficient for them to be able to carry out the work that God has called them to do. So you got this true, authoritative, unique, sufficient word that is being completed. So if prophecy is not completed, uh, if prophecy is has not ceased, that means it wasn't uh, completely done. The Bible records everything that has been done and that will be completed in the time of Christ's return. So it's complete. It doesn't need a volume two. It doesn't need a volume three. You don't have to go back and and, and uh, have a, a, the second issue of a, of a Bible. The Bible is complete in its own. We don't need to add or take away from it. And that's why we have the Bible in us. But then you have the third you have false prophet, you have true prophecy, and then you have the gift of prophecy. Uh, 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 the, we, we have true prophecy, Old Testament prophecy, New Testament apostle, and this is the picture of the gift of the prophecy where uh, men, women uh, have been taught and, 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 and by the word of God through that Holy Spirit where they shall reveal what they've been taught unto men. So that's the gift of the prophecy. First uh, Corinthians 14 and, and, and 29 and 31 says that, that two or three prophets should speak. And the other one should carefully put it said. And if the revelation comes, someone sitting down, the first speaker should stop so that all prophecy in turn, so that everyone will be able to be instructed and encouraged. See, there's a level of prophecy that is going on here that is not one of those first two categories involving the gift of prophecy. And I think the scripture is saying here that, that there is a type of speech that consists of spirit-prompted talk, something uh, that God has inspired and, and speech-based and established revelation that he has given unto you so that you can be able to pass that on to someone else. What I mean by that is it's not a new Paul on the scene getting new revelation is coming down the pipe and to give to the church. This is the spirit speaking to us, prompting us to speak based on what is in the book and is tested by divine scripture in first Thessalonians five and 19 says, do not put out the spirit's fire. Don't quench the spirit. So don't not treat 
prophecies with contempt. Test everything. He said, try the word of God or try the spirit by the word of God. See, that's what we have to understand. The Holy Spirit, whatever it leads you, it, it will not be contrary to the word of God. The word of God has been established, but the Holy Spirit will come and in a sense will, will evidence that the word of God, that it is true and that it is, is divine. So we have to understand that. So those uh, first Corinthians, he said, don't quench the spirit. So we need to test the spirit by the word of God. So that's why I, I, I said that we should weigh carefully what is being said. When the Old Testament prophets, when they spoke, Isaiah wouldn't come out and say, you guys need to weigh carefully what I'm saying. And Isaiah would come out and say, this is the word of God. What thus says the Lord? When they said that they were speaking divine words of God and, and, and they identified with that, it's the same thing with the New Testament. When the gift of prophecy is being used, it's always being weighed carefully, being tested because the gift of prophecy sometimes is imperfect. It's not perfect. The gift of prophecy, let me say it again, is imperfect. It's uh, fallible. In 2 Corinthians or 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 and 3, it says Paul was warning about the same prophecy that was wrong. It's similar yet distinct from teaching. It's not just preaching or teaching the word because it's listed uh, as a separate gift in Romans 12. So false prophecy is prophecy. But you have to test it. You got to make sure that the prophecy is also what follows up with the word of God. I don't care what you said that you prophesy. It has to be in alignment with the word of God. It's going to be contrary to what God's desire is if we are not uh, testing it by the word of God. So that's why we should weigh things carefully and make sure that we understand the Old Testament. Uh, we got to understand that those guys were saying what God had laid upon their heart. So we need to test that. Test that and make sure that it is not contrary to what God has already laid the foundation for. God builds. He doesn't tear down and restructure. He builds on what the principles that he's been teaching us. And Revelation just opens up the, the, the truth of that revelation so that we can understand exactly what God wants us to have. So, so some people think, how can the spirit prompt? talk that's fallible that may have errors in it. And think about it this way, in the light of whole teaching picture, I teach, uh, we teach Sunday after Sunday and we teach what the word of God says. It is possible for me to say something in error. I probably have said something tonight in error. But the thing about it is, saying it in error means that any time that I say something that, that I speak out of my lips that are human, I, it's, I'm fallible to make a mistake. It's not infallible. I, prophecy can have mistakes. There, there, there are certainty of, of fallible things, but I pray and hope that the Spirit of God inspires us to teach. That's why when we pray, we ask God to help us to teach with clarity and understanding and with truth so that men and women can be edified in the body of Christ. And, and then it says here that it's tested by infallible and uh, 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 authoritative truth. When, you're, when you make a prophecy, 
When you prophesy something, make sure that it is in alignment with the word of God. You see people speaking about the future in the New Testament. Uh, then you see disclosing sins in unbelievers in the hearts and encouraging the church to move forward. All of those things in the New Testament were there to be able to help us to understand just how much God loves us as his people, as his church. He wants us to have whatever is needed to be able to grow fully to what he desires to be. So what are the implications of those three, those implications? Remember, we have, we have false prophecy, we have true prophecy, and then we have what? The gift of prophecy, those three. The implications, there are only two. Remember, the scripture alone contains the authoritative truth of all situations at all times. Therefore, know the word. Get into the word of God. Don't try to go out and say, I want to be able to prophesy something. It's good for you just to tell the word of God. Tell what the word of God says and how it can impact someone's life. And, and, and therefore, he said, know the word. We don't need nor do we have any uh, on the level of the Old Testament prophets or New Testament uh, uh, apostles. We don't need any more of that. Scripture is good enough all by itself. It's sufficient. It's already been filled with everything that we need. We have everything that we have in order for the book to give us the authority to do what God has called us to do. Not, not what you or I say, but the word of God has the authority. Therefore, we need the word of God. We don't need any more additional prophecy going on. We need to follow suit with what God has already given us. Then the second implication is to consider that the spirit may grant the gift of prophecy to apply some biblical truth or to a particular time or situation. Yes, God is continuing to do that. God sends you or sends someone into your life that they too may come and say, the Lord uh, told me to say something to you. You can consider that as what? Prophecy. But that's not prophesying in the relationship to what, what Christ is doing and what the church is doing and what God is doing. All of that has been set in stone. Only thing we need to do is to follow suit and be obedient to the word of God and everything will be all right. So uh, uh, he does gives us particular situations where we can prophesy into someone's life or someone can prophesy into our life. But that's not what we're talking about changing the prophecy that the scripture is talking about is pointing to the coming again of the kingdom of God here on earth. There is no more prophecy that will point us to that coming again of Jesus Christ. It says here now, uh, I think scripture is giving us a picture of times where the spirit may prompt someone to speak based on the word of God, to encourage, to edify the church, to build up the kingdom of God, but not give you any new uh, revelation uh, that, that's going to happen. Uh, I, it's not in the Bible, but the Lord told me to tell you. All of that is good. The Lord told you to tell me what does the word of God say, not what you think or what you have on your heart or what you have on your mind. God has everything included in the word of God that we need, and, and it will reveal it to you through that Holy Spirit to be able to get what you need to strengthen you and to build you up to be that which God will desire you to be. So, yes, 
we need to be edifying the church with the truth of his word, not, not to try to develop uh, some new prophecy, something uh, that, that sounds good. But what we need to do is to be about our father's business, spreading the word of God. That's what we need to do. Oh, we thank God for that. We got through that a little 30 minute class tonight. That's all we're going to do about 30 minutes each and every night. But we glorify your name. We praise your name. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you have done in us and through us. We thank you for this ministry. We thank you for those who are tuned in, those that are, have a desire for the, the milk of the word of God, those who want the meat of the word of God in their lives so that they can be able uh, to grow fully to that place where God wants them to be. So grow in the spirit. Uh, understand how the Holy Spirit has come to you to fill you, uh, to, to, to overshadow you, and plus to be able to give you what you need to be able to carry out the task that he has uh, called and, and ordained for your own life and, and the work that he has for you to do. God bless you. We thank God for you joining us on this Friday evening. Uh, we pray again for uh, all churches everywhere. We pray for our church at Piney Hill. We pray for the ministers and the officiate uh, board there along with each and every member. And we just ask that you just continue to pray for them uh, as they seek uh, to move forward to do the work that God has called them to do. God bless you today. May heaven ever smile upon you. Uh, join us again, hopefully uh, tomorrow, uh, excuse me, on Sunday morning we're at 9 o'clock, we'll bring in you know, our Sunday school hour. We are going out of town. So it, it's dependent upon if the internet is working where I'm at. I'm, 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 uh, my, my phone service is, uh, uh, is a good phone service, but you just can't pick it up in certain places. So if I don't have access to the internet uh, and I'll be in Clarksville uh, on, on Sunday. So if we have access to the internet, I will see you at 9 o'clock at our Sunday school hour. God bless you. May heaven ever smile upon you. Let us bow. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity as we talk tonight about uh, uh, the gift of prophecy. Let us be able to utilize the word of God to be able to lead men, women, and boys and girls to uh, the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Let us uh, utilize the word of God to encourage them, to, to edify, to build them up. Uh, let us be able to utilize that word of God to be able to uh, to to speak into their life, speak health and strength and, and speak prosperity, speak everything into their life, healing and deliverance, whereby it's available unto them by the word of God. God bless you. May heaven ever smile upon you. We'll see you again on next Friday night. Uh, we thank God for you. We thank God for this uh, place whereby we can teach and to be able to serve a mighty God. God bless you. May heaven ever smile upon you.